0: Welcome to Signs from the Other Side with Fern Rone. I'm your host, Fern Rone, and this is a place to share stories of signs and messages received from the other side. Before we get to our show today, just a quick and friendly reminder that if you would like to hear more stories of signs from the other side, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this show. And you can always find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Fern Rone. I love hearing from you, and I love hearing your stories of signs you've received. Thank you so much for listening, and on to the show. Today, I am joined by author, speaker, and transformational life coach, Valerie Ganges. Valerie is the author of Enlightenment is Sexy, Every Woman's Guide to a Magical Life. After her first transcendental meditation experience in 2011, she embarked on a spiritual awakening that resulted in her writing, Enlightenment is Sexy. Her book and the experiences she shares in the book have helped many readers, and she is definitely doing something right because when she met Oprah Winfrey, Oprah said, I want what that girl has. Hi Valerie. Hi, thanks for having me on the show. Of course. So Oprah saying that is like the spiritual equivalent of I'll have what she's having from when Harry met Sally. There's nobody better to deliver that line. It was
1: shocking, but at the same time I was like, Okay, I guess I'm supposed mm-hmm. to be here. Like this is what I'm supposed to be doing because that was my first day of work at her studio. Like she was the first person I spoke to, her and her uh president of her company and there was only a couple of people with her and sherry salata sitting there listening mm-hmm. to me but i had not done like any public speaking ever of any kind and i had to like mm-hmm. stand up in this screening room and speak to them while they were sitting in these chairs and <laughs> i just like all of a sudden i was a natural speaker and i felt very mm-hmm. authentic and just i don't know i just like let it fly and it must yeah. have hit a chord which it just happened to be her, which is, you know, that was cool.
0: You were in the flow and she felt it, obviously.
1: I was I was in the flow and I didn't even know it until yeah. I started speaking. <laughs> and then I was like, wow, that's really interesting that, um like, the words are coming out the way that they are. So I just went mm-hmm. with it.
0: I love it. I loved your book. I feel like it encapsulates Thanks. everything I've been exploring for the past 15, 20 years. It's all here in this guide. So thank you for writing this book and sharing your experiences. You're very honest and and open and it's just great. So congratulations and thank you. Thanks. When you went to your first TM session, you were not in a good place. You've been caring for your mom for 13 years as she went through a very long cancer journey. After she passed, you were in the grip of serious depression. You were not sleeping, as you say in the book. You also say you wanted to die. Had you ever felt that way before? Were you ever um, suicidal before?
1: Never. I had never experienced that level of darkness and depression. I didn't even know that mm-hmm. that was possible for a person to go that low. But mm-hmm. um I mean, I know what rock bottom is and, you know, I might not have come to it through like, you know, ending up in jail or drinking or whatever, but it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. because rock bottom is like this place. And when you hit it, you never will forget being there because it's just, it feels like you're just in a world of darkness and you you can't Mm -hmm. get out no matter what the hell you do. And that's where I found myself.
0: It reminded me a lot of in Eat, Pray, Love, she talked about how she went into the bathroom and just got on her hands and knees and just prayed as hard as she could. And you wrote the same thing, that you prayed to whoever, God, my mother, whoever's listening, I need help. It reminded me a lot of that. And I think a lot of
1: people can relate to that. That's, I think, part of this whole story, an important part of the story, because the pain was so intense that I had no choice but to completely surrender to Mm -hmm. you know, something outside of myself, because I could not gain control of my situation, no matter what I did or tried. And I really Mm -hmm. think that everything was set in motion from that day forward, even before I learned to meditate, because I had Mm -hmm. completely surrendered to God, I was like, do what you want kill me or keep me alive but do something because i'm out like i'm totally yeah. out did
0: your father or brother no do you have you have just one brother right
1: or do you have um more? i have Definitely. one brother uh since i wrote the book um my brother actually passed away
0: oh, so, so he sorry. passed away
1: last september yeah there's been like um a lot a lot of deaths and things that have happened since i've written that book that's why i'm i'm on to the next book because it's like life keeps moving and um yeah I my dad is still alive but at the time they did not know what was going on with me because I just mm-hmm. completely shut down and I had close friends and they would check on me and like come pick me up and make me eat dinner and stuff like that but um it's a mm-hmm. funny thing when you're that depressed it's like well at least in my case I was super private about like my plans to kill myself because. I just, like, there was no need to discuss it. I was just going to do it. There wasn't right. I didn't I need like advice that's... or, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like any you know, anyone's opinion. Right. Uh, the only thing that I was planning for was that my dog would be taken care of. And, like, mm-hmm. I remember calling my aunt and uncle and saying, hey, you know, I'd love to come visit you. And then I think I'm going to go to Europe or I don't know what I told them, something like that. Like, I was going to go on vacation would you keep the dog for a while? And I knew they loved animals. So like, I like had that in place. And I remember thinking, like, I can't do that. Like, I'm not going to kill myself. I'm gonna like, leave the dog in my condo. Like, I'm going to make sure she's taken care of. But that's like as far as I could go. I wasn't really thinking about how other people would feel or if I would be hurting anyone. Because when you're that depressed, Um, I also think this goes for like if you have a mental illness like you're so Mm -hmm. focused inward you're just trying to survive it's hard to think about how other people are going to feel based on your actions
0: you were led three months after your mom passed to a very significant dinner which I have no doubt you were led there by your mom or the universe whatever people want to think or believe I'm open to everything and it was pretty significant what happened when you were there and the person you met and I love that story and it speaks to how you say in other parts of the book to just go
1: where you're led and
0: this is a very significant place to be
1: led. Absolutely and it kept I mean that statement is true to this day for me like I just keep Following the signs, you know, like I think Mm -hmm. if you switch the way you live your life or think about things, you'll see that you are being led, like you are not in control. There's forces that are larger than you that are leading you down this path, showing you your purpose for being on this earth. And if you can trust that and tap into it, I think you're in for like a pretty exciting ride. And Mm -hmm. that evening, I was like, I am not going out to dinner. Like, why would I go out to dinner? This is stupid. And my (laughs) friend was like, you have to get out of the house. Like, this is crazy. You know, I'm worried about you. You need to eat. And, you know, he really, like, laid a trip on me. And then I was Mm -hmm. finally like, okay. And that night was another one of those moments that changed the course of my life because this stranger that I had never even heard his name before, showed concern for me and knew something was wrong. And I was crying. And it was a very unlikely meeting. And this person was a futures trader in Chicago. Like, I wasn't in that world. I didn't, there would be no reason for him to be talking to me, but he kind of like took pity on me. And then he <laughs> made the suggestion that I learn transcendental meditation. Specifically, he thought, so I could sweep so I could get some rest because I was not sleeping at all. I mean, he could not he have known gave you- that this was going to transform my life.
0: Amazing! And didn't your friend pay for you and give you his car?
1: He did. He paid. He paid for me. And at the time, you know, it was, it was like fifteen hundred dollars. I think at the time, it's it's much oh. less now. But um, yeah. he paid for me. Told me to take his car. You know, just like whatever you need to do. He was pretty worried about me. You know, I I think he mm-hmm. could see the signs that I was really you know, slipping away. So he thought, yeah. well, maybe if she gets some sleep, you know, she'll do a little better. <laughs> but, but I had zero expectations, less like, than zero. Like, I had no thoughts about it at all.
0: Did the stranger who suggested it, have you, have you kept in touch with him? Does he
1: know how much it changed you? Yes, he does. He, um I continued to talk to him after Aww. all of this happened and he was like, wow. Like, you know, <laughs> He he had been a long time meditator. I think his children were meditators, his you know wife, mm. the whole nine yards. But um, he didn't again did not see like this big of a transformation coming for me. He was shocked mm. and obviously very happy. But um
0: yeah yeah
1: he was like wow like that's a miracle <laughs> and and it, and it was you know really, it was a miracle for me.
0: Is that first TM experience common? Because what you experienced, if you could describe it, sounds mind blowing and i have a feeling that doesn't happen for everyone i've never done tm i've done kind of other forms of meditation but um it's on my list and you've definitely sold me but is that first experience common so
1: that is a great question because i have spoke to like thousands of people now about tm and i have met a lot of people that have had first experiences that are totally transformative I would not say it's the norm. I also Mm -hmm. have thought about that, because now I've done a lot of studying and researching on transformation. And the number one thing that will get a person to transform, and I mean, like transform on a soul level, is pain, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. extreme amounts of suffering, hitting rock bottom, all of that, and then that idea of surrendering. Okay, so like, that's what the whole 12 steps is about. And other platforms out there that lead you towards total radical transformation. So I realized Mm -hmm. without even knowing it at the time, I had hit all of those, let's say hallmarks of transformation. I had the extreme pain, I was suicidal, I had surrendered, hit rock bottom. So all those things led me then to meditate. Plus, I found out years after I had learned to meditate, that my mother had learned to meditate and a month later had gotten pregnant with me. It was like another layer to all this that, wow, Mm -hmm. she had been meditating with me in her belly. Like, so there was something so familiar about it. I had, I had come home when I learned to meditate. So in that respect, my story is a little bit different because of the deep amount of pain and suffering at the same time learning TM. I think if everything's like perfect in your life and you're just going along and I don't know, maybe you have a little anxiety or something, you know, that's bothering you, but not like you're going to go jump off a bridge. You might not have Mm -hmm. as an extreme experience as I did, but over time it slowly changes you. And then Mm -hmm. you can look back and say, wow, that has, it's been a transformation.
0: So after that first one, you left with like a new outlook, not just outlook, like literally like colors look different. The world looked different after that very first experience for you.
1: Every single aspect about my life was completely different. I mean, everything, the way food tasted, the way I heard music, the way trees looked, my relationships, my mind, my nervous system, I was absolutely reborn. When you start feeding yourself silence and just being quiet, Mm -hmm. The body naturally does what it's supposed to do. It just takes over and it knows how to heal itself. And your mind heals and your soul heals and everything seems different. And sometimes you're going to have questions because it's um, not the norm, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. in our society. And
0: you, Mm -hmm. It's not. I feel like
1: it's not. And you start thinking differently. And, you know, it can be confusing at times because you don't have people around you that are like on the same page as you. And so going Mm -hmm. to a TM teacher or someone that's been a longtime meditator, it's really helpful to ask questions. And nine times out of Mm -hmm. 10, they've been able to answer my questions.
0: And you had an amazing visit, I call it, with your mom and what you describe as a Christ-like figure in your second TM experience.
1: Yeah, I, so as like whacked out as this sounds, part of the reason I (laughs) wanted to kill myself was because I was like convinced. That my mom was like lost in space and I had to kill myself and go find her and like take her to heaven. I mean, I really, I went off the deep end here. I was not Mm -hmm. able to comprehend like what the afterlife was because Mm I had only read about it. I had no personal experience with it yet. So um, I didn't really understand like where you went or what was happening. So I found it to be pretty profound that the second day I was meditating, my mom showed me herself with, I mean, I'm convinced it was Christ. I couldn't see his face, but I could Mm -hmm. see the white robe and his feet. And like, I just knew it was Christ in my head. Mm -hmm. Like there was, there didn't need to be a face. It was more of an energy. And Mm -hmm. she showed me she was in the arms of Christ. And My mom was a former nun. She was really, really deeply spiritual, and that's who she would be with. That would be her person. It was incredible.
0: So later, you discovered what we were just talking about, about your mom, that she was a TM or two. She sounds
1: fascinating. I always say I lived in the house of a saint, and like a really fun saint. I mean, she was (laughs) like a holy person, really holy inside, like just totally giving of herself to everybody not just like her family like to society and just I don't know it was like having a mystic in the house but also like we Mm -hmm. would go out and have a glass of wine and you know go take trips and do fun things so she was Mm -hmm. she was like my everything and that's why I was so devastated Mm -hmm. when she passed away.
0: I love the way you discovered that she had done TM because your dad said something like no I remember dropping your mom off for four days straight in
1: a row right Something. and I was like no way okay no way is mom doing tm like she's too catholic I just she was pretty like salt of the earth you know midwest mm-hmm. girl like I just I could not have seen her uh going in that direction and my dad was like no like I don't know I took her for four days in a row and I was like all right I'm gonna go in the record <laughs> and I I don't think you know like what the hell you're talking about. So I did, I went in the records and when I saw her name and like our old address, I just I almost fell over. And then I looked <laughs> at the dates and I was like, Wow And I found mm-hmm. her old TM teacher. It was crazy. Like the whole story was wild. Oh wow. How did you find him? I was randomly talking to this girl that was like a friend of a friend and we were talking about uh like eastern astrology and i i didn't know anything about that i mean like i had read horoscopes in the newspaper and that's western astrology (laughs) but i didn't i didn't think about stuff like that and she was like hey you should really you should have your chart your astrological chart looked at because like you're having really uh great experiences and i would be curious to know like what's up with you and i was like okay And she gave me the person's name that I should contact. This is two weeks after I found out my mom learned to meditate. And when she told me Hmm. the gentleman's name, she said Ben Collins. And I was like, Ben Collins? I was like, was he a TM teacher? And she was like, (laughs) I think he might have been in the 70s, but he's not anymore. And I was like, what? And so I called this man and I was like, I know you have a very common name, I'm like, but were you a TM teacher in 1975 in Oak Park, Illinois? And he was (laughs) like, why, yes, I was. And I I mean, I, it was like, I I couldn't make all the synchronicity stop. Yeah. And then I'm still friends with him to this day. He didn't, he taught thousands and thousands of people. So he didn't remember my mom in particular, but I mean, I told him the whole story and he was like what like that's crazy but what a sign
0: that you would be led to him like this is like I know confirmation
1: I know and there were so many of them and I just was like wow I my mom's gone but like I'm super connected to her and I mean all these things just kept happening it's been incredible
0: I feel like she was listening to you and she was like you still have more to learn and I'm gonna lead you to whatever's gonna save your life, and it's this. And then, as further confirmation, you find out she did it, and then you meet her teacher. It's just all lined up. So,
1: oh yeah, it kept going. I mean, I was like, I learned to communicate with her, and she showed me things in the afterlife, and she helped me write my book because she was a writer. She was she was the writer and the speaker, not me. I I was in the restaurant business. Wow. I didn't have anything to do with that, and she said to me, "Like you are going to finish the work that I started," and I was like, "Wow, let's fucking do it." <laughs> <Let's> do it. <laughs> How
0: and did that's you, what um, connects with her through dreams or through meditation.
1: Um, it was after I started meditating, I um found myself sleeping but awake. Like you know, mm. I'd, I'd be watching myself sleeping or. I started seeing like spirits and then I started being able to connect with her in Mm -hmm. when I was sleeping at night and, but I was very much awake and she started Mm -hmm. showing me different things like and explaining to me what happens when you die. And, um, I connected with some other family members and then people that I'd never seen before, but I felt like I Mm -hmm. knew, but I still don't know from where, but, um, yeah, I just started having that okay. ability to connect with people after they died and it's uh it really changed the way I look at death now. That and and um reading and connecting with people that have had near death experiences that's really mm-hmm. uh changed the way I, I look at death and I'm I'm able now to help people pass away and I don't have the same fears or anything like I used to like I'm not scared of death at all. A, it just mm-hmm. feels like a continuation to me because I know more and I've experienced mm-hmm. more now.
0: So after you started TM, you started sleeping better. Like So I have my notes here. It says sleep Oprah Winona because I feel like these things happen so perfectly and so beautifully. First, you started sleeping better. And I love how you describe that sometimes you'll wake, well, you described what you just described, which is fascinating. And I want to hear more and learn more about that but also just sleeping like a deeper sleep and waking up feeling better. I think you, you described feeling like you had a conversation with someone and you, and you woke up feeling better. And that's what I believe. Like I believe we all are on a different plane when we're sleeping and we're able to connect with either our spirit guides or the loved ones who went before us. And there's a reason things seem better in the morning, even if we don't remember it. So I love that you described that and that TM helped you sleep better. I think sleep is so important and it gets so underestimated. You know, sometimes people will be like, why are you sleeping so much? You're lazy. Like, it's not a choice. You're not choosing to sleep. You're sleeping because you are you need it physically oh, yeah, and, no. I think, spiritually. So I love that that happened. Absolutely. And then, Oprah, like, I feel like these things just kind of just started coming to you because you were in such a different, obviously, space. So, like, you were sleeping better. And then out of the blue, Oprah came to you. And you said no to Oprah at first, which sounds crazy now.
1: It's not that I wasn't interested in her. I, I right. I've always liked her, you know, like I grew up watching her and like Donahue. And, right. You
0: no, know, yeah, all Donahue, those talk shows. I went to his show. Donahue,
1: I used to watch with my mom when I'd come home from school, but, um. Yeah,
0: exactly.
1: I just, I, I didn't, when I learned to meditate, all these gifts were unlocked inside of me, but, um, I didn't realize for a little while, I mean, and I'm talking like, you know, weeks or months, I, I didn't, mm-hmm. I was like, Hey, I feel good now. Like. I'm going to do what I know how to do, which is open bars and restaurants. Like, that's what I've always done. I've always Mm -hmm. been two people in one body. I was a religious studies major in college. I've been reading about, like, you know, mysticism and spirituality since junior high, maybe even fifth grade, like forever. But Mm -hmm. I'm also like, I liked being in, in the quote unquote real world. So my dad was in the restaurant business and he taught me how to run stores. And when I felt well, I was like, I'm going to go open a bar. Like, that's what I know how to do. I didn't realize Mm -hmm. there was a whole other life waiting for me because I didn't even know that was a possibility. Like, I didn't think that that could be real. I just thought it was something that I was deeply interested in and who I really was as a person. But I didn't know that would, like, translate into, like, a job
0: right like so that you were probably like i can't teach them tm like i kind of just learned it and i'm like in the restaurant business like you were probably not right
1: i yeah i said to my (laughs) tm teacher i go i don't even i don't know anything about this like i just learned to meditate Mm -hmm. what why would you want me to work here i I don't understand Mm -hmm. what am i going to even do but she knew she had had so much experience in this Mm -hmm. world and those realms that she saw she saw me and she knew what she was dealing with. I just didn't know it yet. So that's right. why I was like, no, man, I'm going to open a bar in Bucktown, and it's going to be great. <laughs> but no, that's not, that's not what God had planned for me, obviously. And then Winona came along,
0: which I love this story so much, if ever there was a sign.
1: Oh, my God. That was a clear-as-day sign. <laughs> yeah. Before my mom passed away, I, I'm talking like days before she passed away, I said to her, you have to keep in touch with me, like, I don't care Mm -hmm. what you do, like who you gotta like shove out of the way, you gotta get a hold of me because I'm gonna lose my mind when you die. And I said, Mm -hmm. like, you know, I don't know, connect with me through music. I don't care what you do, but like come up with a plan and stick with it. Now, I was saying that out loud, but I didn't really know what I was talking about. Like, I was just Mm -hmm. desperate that I would say something to her and maybe it would stick. So obviously it did stick because one of her favorite performances on the Oprah Winfrey show was when Wynonna Judd was on and she sang, I want to know what love is. It's like an old foreigner song. And when I say my Mm -hmm. mom was obsessed with it, like obsessed, she must've listened to (laughs) this recording like 5 million times to the point where like we teased her about it. My whole family knew about it. She just, it was like a thing. It was like her thing. And I was like, what is up with you in this Winona Judd song? And she just like, (laughs) it. So, um, yeah, my TM teacher asked me to work with them and, you know, work at Harpo Studios with Oprah. I said no. And then Mm -hmm. my brother's friend, who I had not seen in 20 years, blows into town in Chicago. And he said, do you want to go see the Foo Fighters? play and they were playing at this very small venue called the metro and i was like no i'm going to another concert tonight and i don't even like the foo fighters and like i don't want to go and he was like come on we're gonna go to dinner with them and then go see the show it's like a big deal and i was like no i don't no i don't care i don't who are they i don't even like them <laughs> i did not realize like what a huge band they were because i never listened to them <laughs> mm-hmm. so i said i'm going to another concert.'" I will meet you after because they weren't going on to like midnight or something. So I did, I jumped in a cab. I went from the United center across town to the Metro and we get there. And I realized like, cause I'm in this small venue, like I'm hearing music differently. And they were incredible. Mm. Like the drummer and I became like one person, like every time he'd hit the drum, like it was vibrating through my body. And I'd been to a million shows in my life, but this, I knew it was different. Like, I was like, wow, I'm hearing sound differently. So I was kind of like blown away by that. And then after the show was over, which was late, it was like, I don't know, two or three in the morning, he said, let's wait till these people clear out. We're going to go backstage and meet the guys. And then I wanted to meet them because they were so awesome. And um, (laughs) while we were waiting, we were on like, I think the second level of the, the bar, and I'm looking at the staircase, and, like, this, like, purple-red hair, like, a lot of hair is coming <laughs> up the stairs, and I was like, who is that? And I was like, oh, my God, it's Winona Judd. What is she doing at a Foo Fighters what concert are the at chances? 3 in the morning? They had the right? same manager. They had the same <laughs> manager, but I would have never. I mean, like, I didn't even – how – how could the Foo Fighters manager also be her manager? I, I just was like, what? And then right. my brother's friend knew her. Because he, <laughs> he lived in Malibu and I don't know, they somehow knew each other from LA or I don't know what, I don't know what the deal was mm-hmm. because I was in shock. I mean, I was staring wow. at her with my mouth wide open. I thought like, what's going on? And then I was just like, oh my God, I got offered this job. Like what's going on right now? And then we all went backstage and like, I don't know they ordered a bunch of Domino's pizza and we were just like sitting there <laughs> talking and I just was like that's it like here we go I'm taking mm-hmm. the job and that was Saturday and you started night talking
0: to her right didn't you like say started her, talking
1: like, to her talking about her mom about
0: your mom right and that um and you're like I got this over this job you know with Oprah and she said take it <laughs>
1: Yeah, and my brother's friend loved my mom. She, he had known her since like Aww. college, and he was like, "Oh my god, like this is a sign." And I mm-hmm. was like, "Uh, I guess it is." And <laughs> I think that Talk was Saturday night. The next night, it was like it was so obvious. I would have to be like completely asleep at the wheel not to be like, "This is a sign." And then. The next night, the the band invited us to be on stage at Lollapalooza. It was an incredible evening, and, like, I just knew everything was changing. And then I called my TM teacher, I think, that Monday, and by Friday, I was at Harpo Studios, and started just like working there and stayed there for two years and um, went amazing. into corporations around Chicago and talked about TM and my experience. And then I was like, Oh, I'm a speaker. Like here I go. <laughs> and it just, yeah. it just happened. I it was no a really doubt. incredible yeah. time.
0: It's amazing that of all of the artists, there's so many music artists in the world of all of the artists that how many
1: months after your mom passed that Let's see. It was, I learned to meditate in May. This was, in, this was two weeks later. So it was like, let's say the first week in June. <laughs> wow yeah wow. and I was like wow she's working fast she's working and fast. since then I've 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 met Wynona Judd like two or three times just from like going to her shows and I the Aww. last time I saw her in Chicago she actually took my book up on stage I have it on video it was incredible oh. and like started talking about the book and I was like how sweet don't, oh she... my god it, it was it was incredible. And I was like, God, does she even remember that night that like changed my life? I don't know. But I gave her the book and I marked the pages where I told the story. And it was awesome to be like in Chicago again. And she was up on stage in front of a sold out crowd, like with Enlightenment is Sexy in her hands, like talking about it. And I was like,
0: wow, this
1: is awesome.
0: <laughs> so, How incredible. Yeah.
1: I have no doubt your mom led you to TM, which led
0: you to... Sleeping Better, we led you to Oprah, we led you to Winona, the final, like,
1: you wanted the music sign, and I love Winona, here you go. It was a couple, it happened with, like, James Taylor, it's, it's like, it's happened with people,
0: yeah. singers
1: that were really important to her, I somehow came in contact with them, and I, And I never would have. I mean, like, why would that happen to you? It wouldn't. How funny. What was the James Taylor story? So James Taylor was like my mom's favorite singer. Okay. So like my whole life, even when she was pregnant with me, she was always playing James Taylor. Like James Taylor was a big part of our lives. It was really Johnny Cash, James Taylor. And the last couple of years of her life was this Winona Judd song in particular. Yeah. So I went again. I was in Chicago. I went to Ravinia. It was a Saturday night. I didn't have tickets to go see James Taylor. <laughs> I just showed up. Bought first row seats at, at face value. And then out of nowhere at the end of the show, out of nowhere, a security guard walked up to me and only me, like no one else around me, and said, do you want to meet James? And I was like, <gasps> yes, I do. And he just (laughs) told me right up to him. And like, I told him, I'm like, Oh, my God, you have no idea what's actually going on right now. And I said, like, my mom loved you. And I think she like, led me here. And he was like, he was totally cool, like you'd expect him to be. And then we took a picture together. And I was like, what is happening? Wow! <laughs> what is like when you said, happening when you right
0: said, come to me through music, she like took it all the way. That's incredible. She did. She's
1: taken it all the way. She was incredible. She is incredible, and she continues. To absolutely help me and show me things, and I know she's always guiding me because I feel so deeply connected to her. So beautiful, it's incredible.
0: I love so many of the other, like I love the way your books organized, and that you know every chapter is a lesson, and every chapter you explain you know the concepts but also your personal experience with it and we could talk for like seven hours <laughs> to cover the whole book so people have to buy it but there are a couple of things that like i'm like i'll just you know touch on some of these i mean they all resonated with me but i'll a few for to discuss the one about um like the secret and manifesting and i'm glad you brought up the secret because i feel like anyone who's interested in this has probably read that as well But I love how you describe not being married to results, to just trust your gut and to go with it. But in The Secret, they also say that you have to plan, take action, visualize, focus. So sometimes I feel like it's confusing that they're saying to focus on what you want and let it be your dominant thought, but then to also release and let go. So how do you, they seem like conflicting directives. How do you do it in your, in your life?
1: I think the best way I've heard of this being explained is um, there's a writer out there. His name is Father Richard Rohr. He's amazing. He's one of my favorite writers. And he has a center um, in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And it's called, it's the Center for Action and Contemplation. So that's a perfect description of what I think should be happening here. You Mm -hmm. go inward, you meditate or whatever your practice is go inward every day. Every day you're making this thing grow inside of you that's really going to be leading the way. And then you follow that. Your thoughts aren't random, especially when you're Mm -hmm. in a really good place. Like when you're in that flow that I think you can get into through silence, Mm -hmm. through meditation, through going within, then you're in that space. You can really trust these ideas that are coming to your mind. And then you're just like, flying under the radar like nothing is too heavy nothing is too too much for you you're having the thoughts and then you're just taking action and going for them but not in a freaked out way not Mm. like I gotta get this done like oh this is like so much it's not like that right right. (laughs) right you're you're in the flow and things are happening in your life that you didn't even realize you wanted it's like they're happening first and then you're like, oh, my God, yeah, that's kind of what I okay. wanted. That's pretty cool. And so it's like 20 steps further from the secret. It's, uh, Yeah, I think it's good writing yeah. down like, hey, you know, I'd like – I want to move to, I don't know, Las Vegas or whatever. That's mm-hmm. cool. But I think it's a natural process that just happens. It's, you don't have to mm-hmm. think about it too much or obsess about it or, like, really – put that much effort into it just kind of have the thought do your thing and just it will unfold if you're right. in I love that how good you, space right I love how you say you wrote down things you wanted and dated it
0: and then let it go
1: and then look back let it go like, I mean all of those it, things happen and it's
0: not good to,
1: for it, in my humble opinion it's not good to obsess about mm-hmm. these things you want like you know mm-hmm. Because that comes from a place universe, of fear, you're they, holding onto
0: it so tight, so it, the universe is right. going to be repelled from that.
1: Yeah. Right. And they. I mean, God hears you. Like He knows. He mm-hmm. she knows everything. Knows before mm-hmm. you even know. So have the thought. Live your life. Spend as much time as you can, like going inward and silent, mm-hmm. and it will happen. It's Absolutely. not rocket science. It's just being yourself.
0: Which is hard for a lot of people because that's another thing that people have to get to the root of and just love themselves. That I think meditation helps a lot with.
1: It is. And that's where we come back to the pain and the surrender. We're human beings mm-hmm. in this very complex, you know, nervous system and full system thing happening, our psychology and everything is going at once. It's like, how are you going to stop? How are you going to stop mm-hmm. being obsessive? How are you going to stop? you know, having really wild thoughts all the time. How? The only way I know is through silence. And if you like really hit rock bottom, that makes you stop and say, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. want to live like this anymore. Because when you're on easy street, that doesn't happen. You just keep like rolling along. And, but you're not (laughs) really that satisfied either. You know, I think a good punch in the mm-hmm. gut, you lose someone you love, you lose your job, you lose all your money. I don't care what the problem is. It's all the same. It's getting you to that point of surrender and a different life. And that is tra- mm-hmm. that is true transformation.
0: Absolutely. Another thing you mentioned is emotional vampires, which I think a lot of people can relate to, especially people who've had who are on a spiritual path, they outgrow old friends, acquaintances, even family members. I don't say outgrow in a condescending way. It's just, you know, we're all on different roads and toward learning and what we have to learn for our souls to evolve. And that's okay. But it's the hard thing is when people say things like, oh, like they'll say to me, oh, you're a lawyer and you want to be a writer. Like, you know, these things that they say, it's fine. The good thing about spiritual awakening is that you realize they're telling you their story and their fears and their jealousy sometimes and that's okay that's right it's not your problem but if they zap your energy and they bring you down or they give you they don't make you feel good after spending time with them that it's okay to release them with love not you know no 100 hate anybody like,
1: but yeah Bye bye yeah I mean what mm-hmm. what are you gonna do here like you're gonna keep uh holding yourself back to make someone else feel comfortable I mean I think
0: exactly for me
1: I When I when I wrote Enlightenment is Sexy, I decided to move out of Chicago, move to this little town in Iowa. I didn't know anyone, but I did know that um, ha- more than half the town meditates. So mm-hmm. I decided I'm going to move there. I want to be around other spiritual people. And I want mm-hmm. to get rid of all the distractions in my life in order to write this book properly. And <laughs> what happened was not only did I write the book, but I met a community of people that could actually see me and understood when I would tell them things like I'm talking to my dead mom while I'm sleeping, like mm-hmm. stuff like that, and not not think that I was off the wall. And that that saved me mm-hmm. in a way. But yeah. before I left, everyone was like, are you crazy? Like, what are you doing? And I'm not friends with a lot of those people anymore. Not because of Mm -hmm. because I don't love them because it's just, uh, it didn't work anymore. And someone, someone described it like you're climbing a mountain and that the higher you get up the mountain, there's less and less people with you. They're just not, it's it's just getting more and more narrow. And ultimately like you have to look to yourself, you have Mm -hmm. to turn to yourself and say like, who am I, you know, what do I want to be? What's really going on here? Because you can't, you can't depend on anyone else like for that for the juice not relationships not friendships not your family and if you run into people that are emotional vampires like you just gotta bounce you can't you can't Mm -hmm. stick around for that
0: nope
1: it's not not helping anyone you're not matching up energetically anymore so just like let it go yes exactly
0: there's so many people that I think like I was so grateful for their friendship at the time and where I was at that time and I love them for that but hanging out with them now hurts me. And I just, and I, I only want good things for them, but I can't hang out with them to make them feel better. Like I'm not insulting them. I have to
1: do what's right for what feels right for me. And that's okay. That's right. And you might not be helping Mm -hmm. them either. You know, when you don't match up with someone energetically, like you could make them angry or confused or just, it just doesn't work. And that's cool because it's like 8 billion people in the world. So you don't yes. I mean that you have lots exactly. of options. Exactly.
0: I always say that. Wow. I'm like, there are yeah, 8 billion people on the planet. Like, do I have to spend my time with this person? I love them, but I'm going to let them go. Or I say that with people who are dating and I'm like, there's 8 billion people on the planet. Like this one, you learn from them and there's somebody else out there. There's another soul for you. That's so funny that you say That's that. That's right. It's and so I think true. you get
1: better and better at that as time goes on and you're living mm-hmm. in this space. I think, then I don't know, it's kind of like another one of those things that it's without thought. You're just like, yeah, this isn't working. Like you just keep going. Yes. Because you have a yes. higher purpose. You're like, you're, yes. you can't just, you
0: got to keep rolling. Exactly. Thank you so much. I wish we could talk for seven more hours. I would go through
1: every single chapter. Of your
0: book. <laughs> uh, but you're writing another one.
1: I am. I'm so in the process of writing my the second. There's a whole series I'm doing of is Mm -hmm. sexy books. At least that's the plan right now. And I'm on the second book. And this book is all about uh, radical transformation. So it's it's really interesting. It's different ways people can um, can really transform their lives. And I'm not talking about like losing 15 pounds. I'm saying like, full blown radical transformation.
0: I can't wait to read it. I hope you'll be on again when it comes out. I would love
1: to. Where can everyone find you in the meantime? Um, I have a website. It's just my name. So ValerieGangus.com. And um, my book is on Amazon.
0: Perfect. And on social media, you're on um, Instagram. Are you on Twitter too? Yeah,
1: I'm on Instagram. Okay. That's uh, I'm most active on Instagram and everything else is okay. just kind of uh, an extension of that
0: perfect i'll put the link yeah because that's where we
1: met right on instagram yeah
0: yeah it's a great place it is (laughs) it's a great (laughs) platform it is and i'll put all of those links in the show notes thank Thank you you so much for having me it was great Thank you for listening to Signs from the Other Side. You can find me, Fern Rone, on all social media at Fern Ronay, R-O-N-A-Y. And be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so there can be more episodes of Signs from the Other Side in the future. Thank you again, and sweet dreams.